0: To DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice
1: League by each
0: individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark
1: Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And today we're talking about minute number 88 of Zack
0: Snyder's Justice League. We're just going to start with Victor Stone walking away from that ATM machine moment that he had with Linda Reed. And then the minutes are going to end. The singular minute, stop making that mistake, Mark, uh, is us at Iron Heights Penitentiary. We're in a brand new scene. We're done. <laughs> we are completely done with uh, this first cyborg kind of origin story, um, which has been 10 minutes. And it's, you know, it's been almost three weeks we've been talking about it. Um, but it all ends here. We have cyborg walking away from the a t m machine, and he's there in person because we have people who are actually reacting to his presence, which mm-hmm. is interesting um it's It's cool seeing him like being seen as this monster that he thinks he is and and people being like instead of being like, "Oh, it's a superhero or anything like that, they see it as like, "Oh, what is this?" Freak yeah. of nature. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Walking the Gotham streets just like Killer Croc or anyone else would be. Um, and it also feels like The Dark Knight Returns again, because we have people in wardrobe and in hair and makeup that invokes that feeling of the later 80s. You know, she's got kind of like a short hair, but it's kind of curly and wavy. And so it just feels like a character that might be um, in that dark age of comic books. So. Really nice aesthetic that's going on here. Um, it also feels like how three hundred feels, where it doesn't really feel like it's on being shot. Um, how would you say it feels like it's being shot in a soundstage almost?
1: I can I get that more from when I see like the parademon fly away, and that's probably all CGI. Yeah, um, but like I think the more apparent one is when uh Wonder Woman finally meets Victor in the same streets of Gotham but um but yeah I get where you see like this built set piece and um it's odd it's like the building's like there's some something about it just I can't tell what it is but it's like that that's fake it's all fake but I know it's fake and I'm accepting that it's fake but it it's, looks like, it's like, obviously clearly it looks great it really does look great I am really digging um, the more detailed shots that we're seeing of Gotham City, uh, more than we got in, you know, Dawn of Justice, where we just got docks and uh, Striker Island, like things like, where it's like yeah. this isn't really, you know, rooftops and and old abandoned buildings. Um, very close, close quarters, uh, viewing, and not like you know actual streets.
0: I think it's like me comparing these Gotham streets to. The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Returns. Not necessarily Batman Begins because Batman Begins, their Gotham streets were built in a sound stage, So it looked like a comic book movie in Batman Begins. But The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Returns being filmed in Chicago really had a different look. Obviously it has that sin copy, Christopher Nolan type look. And so when you compare it with this movie, the background, the city background that we have here, uh strangely looks like it's still in focus because of how fake it looks with no other way to really say it um I get what you mean it it all looks like it's still in focus like it has a Mm -hmm. like it's a like an actual visual effect backdrop almost like as if we were in Atlantis or Themyscira their backgrounds would be in focus in in a much clearer way um because it's being visually added and that's what it looks like throughout this whole minute here. It looks like he wanted to do that 300 style of like let's make it Gotham as a comic book. And in a comic book, it would all be in focus. Um and all the little archways, all the architecture of the buildings you can see clearly. It looks like Gotham. Um
1: yeah, see it's more well lit. Is maybe that's what's like more telling. I think that's what what I'm seeing more. It's everything is so well lit, even the tops of the buildings, and, yeah and everything, just the little crevices of each little nook and cranny, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, every little gargoyle um, and
1: every little gargoyle. yeah, it's a new uh, kids movie, new animated movie coming out. You're joking, but that's a solid title. Bring back gargoyles <laughs> Bring, I mean, bring back gargoyles, hey. but
0: it's like a you know like Muppet babies, but it's like every little gargoyle.
1: Oh, okay, like the so we're bringing back the old gargoyle show, yeah, and just muppet babying them, all right, yeah,
0: or what was the the Looney Tunes, but they were tiny c- Tunes, tiny tunes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, um the it all it all seems like it has a focus, I mean, obviously, if you were filming in Chicago and you were doing like if Syncopy was doing a movie, you'd look at those streets and they wouldn't be well lit because they're not creating fake facades or not creating a fake Gotham. Um, they're just using Chicago and and the natural lighting that it already has. And sure, they have their own um, set lighting for what's being shot, but they're not creating buildings to make it look like Gotham. Mm -mm. And that's what we have here, especially uh, later on in this minute, when you do see that parademon that shows up here at Victor's apartment to get the mother box, and then it flies away, you can tell that like, the facade background of these Gotham streets, it kind of has just really good lighting, but then it just has this fog that's covering it. Yeah. And it just looks CGI in a good way. In uh, in like a comic book movie way, the Zack Snyder style. Uh, yeah, you
1: know what? I, I think the best thing that we can attribute it to is the fake city in um universal uh studios oh yeah <laughs> absolutely so like it's it's weird because it's almost like i'm i'm seeing that these when it comes to thinking about a set it's like everything's shorter everything's made to be like closer up and and you know smaller kind of it doesn't really feel like this street is that big but also these buildings feel very close together you know but hey that it's also very populated you know city scapes mm-hmm. um, but like the height as well it seems like it's just I don't know there's no there, there, it's a weird thing with like the height and just like a flat surface of with, with painting or you know a piece of wood just like cut out or, or things added to it it's like I can tell that it's not a full building and maybe it has to do with like the CGI weight that we keep on bringing up um, and it's not like it's 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 a, it sticks out like a sore thumb like other cgi things that we talked about you know in our interviewing our of this movie um it's just like a wildly accepted view of gotham city that i'm just like absolutely that looks like a gotham city neighborhood you know
0: yeah i think what it is is like because you're creating your vision of gotham from scratch like you can actually like design how you want the buildings to look and the lighting and the different windows. And you kind of draw it out like you would a comic book panel. Then of course you can have the moon there in the top left corner, the fire escape shaft, the parody man flying across of it. And then like the building uh, cityscape, like the silhouette of, of what Gotham looks like. You can orchestrate exactly how you want that shot blocked out. Whereas if you were filming in Chicago And you were like, oh, yeah, we want to make Chicago our Gotham City. Then what you're doing is you now have to work around what those buildings look like. And, you know, if you you're just kind of capturing whatever the
1: moon looks like and you might have. Or this shot like doesn't even exist, like trying to do that pan over or whatever to get like the tops of the buildings. What if there's a giant building right there? Like it just doesn't it might not exist in real life. You know, that's and that's wild. You know, you can't. I don't think maybe maybe they got it. No, nah, I'm just gonna say maybe if you got a helicopter shot or something like that, flying in between buildings like they did in, in the Joker, in the Joker one. <laughs> Dark. I Knight. know, like, in
0: in the Dark Knight trilogy, a lot there's almost like bird's eye view shots of rooftops for for yeah, Batman. Yeah, the, the IMAX shots. Yeah, yeah and, and the first do IMAX that movie i ever saw. Crane shots. They they look downwards instead of upwards, and I don't think I've ever really noticed the rooftops of like in this kind of sense, like the silhouette the the outside the outline of all these buildings that are here. So because I'm thinking about a lot of the scenes from The Dark Knight, and when you see down those streets, you're never really capturing the top of the building. It's all
1: aspect ratio, baby. Yeah. Again, that's maybe it's another thing that plays into it. We didn't get, you know, well, I guess we did get this shot, particularly in, in 2017. Um, right. If this was, I mean, if if
0: they did widescreen this, we would lose a lot of this, like the The moon moon, would suffer.
1: Yeah. It's like, you're, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think the, the, the aspect ratio does play into it as well. Um, it's just given us a, fuller picture i think when we think about like scenes where it's a giant you know you're you're looking down the street check it avengers has like 30 minutes of that shit happening in it yeah um it's just like closer shot of character in foreground and just building and rubble in the back you know you didn't you don't get sky you don't you don't get skyline you don't you don't see any vectors leading off to wherever the hell they're gonna go
0: you hardly ever see shots like this where you're using, you're using this kind of 4-3 format to capture this parademon. So it's not a major character. It's not a major action piece. It's not someone killing a parademon in any cool way. Mm-mm. You're doing it to respect the moon that you've created and mm-hmm. the city that you've created.
1: And the lighting, and, yeah.
0: And the parademon flying across it and, and making this strange noise. Almost as if, like, if you were reading it in a comic book, it would have that text going across as it flew away, and it would, like, get smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has such a weird noise that even just listening it to more and more, I just kind of appreciate the Foley work, uh, like, Mm -hmm. the sound mixing and sound design of this Parademon. That shot
1: of the Parademon on the, on the, whatever fire escape with the red eyes look as he's looking like out that's like a screensaver not that but, like keep on going <laughs> right as he's as, as he's and that's kind of creepy as he's that's this one yeah like him just like chilling on that fire escape with the moon in the city that we keep you know that would that's be a someone's screensaver. Uh,
0: someone who's into cryptids and mothman that would be like their uh desktop wallpaper back in like 2005 yeah.
1: <laughs> you're you're not wrong it's like literally that's what that is yeah
0: this is like you going into like uh, one of those uh, 4chan paranormal subreddits or yeah. you know whatever s- sub forums of, of 4chan mm-hmm. and it would be like this and it'd be like, welcome to the
1: paranormal forum. Yeah. Welcome to your creepy thread or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Creepy thread. I, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, it, they perfectly capture what that feels like. Uh, even just having the squad car there, the police car down at the bottom, with the lights—is that what up. that is?
1: That's like there's there's a there's a red and I didn't know what that red light was down at the bottom there.
0: It yeah, could it is be a police light. car. It's just yeah. a,
1: oh no, there's something. There's a light like on the building, but there's also there. a police car that's driving by. Yeah, that's what scares the parademon. Ooh, oh. <laughs> yeah, the
0: noise uh, that they figure out how to use in 2017. Which is, this is the first time we're seeing a parademon in Gotham, so this, or I guess Star Labs counts? No, it's Metropolis.
1: Is that the same audio, cl- like, file that they use for the damn signal? I bet they must be afraid of it. The, a police siren? I don't... Tell think... me about it. No, it's just a regular police siren. No, okay, no. He makes some weird, like... Like some weird, like, freaking whale siren or something, like the... That is like the sound that they play when they're spraying the water at the whalers and stuff, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, we're spraying the blasting that song and spraying the water cannons at these.
0: There is a, there is a, a good moment here. The, the CGI throughout this whole minute, if you include the Gotham cityscape, you include cyborg and the parademon. It's all really good and really well done. Um, given the amount of time that they had to, to finish this movie, finally, And one of the things I was really focusing on was um, Cyborg here at the end of the videotape, Silas Stone is saying like, you know, I've been talking to you as a scientist. That's how I, you know, all these deductions and analysis of of who you are now. That's how I've been talking to you. Uh, And then he says, of course, like, now let me speak to you as a father uh, from my own heart. Uh, Not as a scientist, but but as a father. And then that's when Cyborg crushes it.
1: And Dude, Sapper crushes it, bro. Yeah, he crushed it, bro. The entire movie,
0: crushing it with his hands, and it's nice to see like he has these big kind of joints for his wrist that look really nice,
1: and then great hand, great mechanical
0: hand. It really,
1: it looks like when a skeleton. we see like, dude, when we see like the close-ups of like the Gundam hands when like the pilots are getting out or whatever, that's like that's it right there. It's just like these metal planing. Now, there is more to this, I think. Silas Stone, being from Terminator, creating the hand, all of that nonsense, taking this hand. I don't know if it's the same hand. Let's look into that. I wonder if it's the same hand that he uses. Crushing this recorder that he's saying, like, I'm your father. I created you, yada, yada, yada. I am, you know, God in, in your respect. And he's like, uh-uh. So, like, that hand that was, like, I don't know. What, what, what kind of weird connection you want to pull for Terminator? and, and It is. Well, I, I thought about the, you know, him,
0: him um breaking the tape recorder right there, and I, I kind of thought a little bit about it. It, was, it. I mean, obviously, poetically, it's a great way to stop the scene here because we're going to get to it at the epilogue of Father Twice Over. So mm-hmm. we get to hear it again and also see Cyborg's abilities a little bit. Differently, and he's he's found some joy in his abilities, who he is now, but that doesn't forgive the father for what he blames him for. Not saying that Silas really did anything wrong per se. that's a totally different conversation. But Cyborg does, and Cyborg feels that way, and Cyborg blames him for what has happened. So when he says, "Now let me speak to you as a father." That's when it becomes, like, just because I've found happiness, just because I've found one footstep along my new journey that I have to go across now isn't an immediate recovery. I haven't gone from point A to point B. Like Ray Fisher said at Megacon, it's, like, point A to point A-2. You know, like, Mm -hmm. he's still taking steps. And... It's it's too soon to start being like, oh, Okay, let me talk to you as a father. It's like, no, I'm still very upset. And so crushing it as a reflex, like just his anger flashing back out. And um I just kept studying his armor plating, all the different pieces of armor, just like I would, you know, look at Transformers and movies and be like, Let me just look at all the CGI that they have to do. They had to be like, Okay, well, this is a piece of glass from a windshield or how many Body muscles do they have? Like, same thing with Pacific Rim, thinking of all the different pistons and gears that they have to include on this. Cyborg, as well, has all these different threads of metal plating that rub up against each other as he flexes and stretches different muscles on his body. You get to see that as he breaks that tape recorder and then lets what I assume is a completely made by CGI, like a completely made tape recorder that they're then like, okay, it now has to shatter with physics and then fall apart into pieces because it would be almost easier to do that than to animate each little broken piece and come up with it from scratch. Um, We've seen that they have the technology to do that where they can break things within animation and have actual physics um, affect those pieces. So, the whole visual effect of of breaking a CGI tape recorder is crazy. It's it's so wild to think about people spending hours and hours and who knows, maybe this wasn't done. Maybe it was done before, but someone had to sit down and finish this part
1: and that deserves some
0: recognition for sure.
1: Like thinking about like trying to find like a cross section of like a of a of a, just a tape recorder and being like, all right, let's get to animating all those parts, and then break them up, animate them fully, and then break the pieces up. Take those pieces and just you know add them in as a layer. It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm curious about
0: how they designed his gun. That so like as the Parademon shows up and Parademon's being a voyeur, a peeping tom, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's staring into his apartment. You have Cyborg. He's holding the mother box. His left arm transforms into that kind of sonic cannon. Mm -hmm. And if because I'm actually watching this minute over and over, it's the first time I've actually studied the design of this gun or cannon. And it has all these different, like, kind of pipes on it and, like, little sharp edges to it all these little holes that are inside the the cannon itself and just looking at it is is it looks like someone must have come up with it from scrap at some point like it almost looks like a little scrap metal sculpt uh sculpture um because of the way it looks like it looks like it's made out of spare parts you'd find at a junkyard um and i'm wondering if like they must have come up with that first and then been able to like scan it maybe they they patch it in maybe every part is is made at least once just so they have a reference model because I can't imagine someone being like okay you know sure you have concept art sure you have uh, a JS Marantz who does all the concept art for this movie but you can't just go in and animate that without having like three different perspectives, at least, of of this character and and the way his arm looks. So who comes up with those little details? Like, who's coming up with how symmetrical it looks from top-down point of view and it looking like... I don't know. almost looks like a cross between a minigun and, like, Iron Fortress. Like, almost like a castle,
1: it looks like. Yeah, I see. I was going to say it's more... um... I would say it looks a lot more just like, you know, the idea of like, okay, what kind of like raw material would this weapon be using? And then, you know, what kind of weapon is it? It's the sonic cannon or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So like, what kind of like raw materials, like how would that technology one exist? Like what sort of, you know, resonating device do you need to get that and then like amplify those, those sound waves? um maybe it comes from real life maybe there's a component in real life that is like you know they have those big military trucks with the giant speakers and stuff they use them at riots and against the hulk um so like maybe there's like something
0: against superman
1: (laughs) oh yeah those two also so maybe there's like um like whatever that thing is that that you know, machine is to to make the sound. They're just like, okay, let's like take all of those components and then like kind of build a barrel into it. Obviously, it comes from the concept art and just like the sketches of what Cyborg is going to look like. They would do pages and pages of different angles and, and different attributes that he would have. And I'm sure there's, you know, books full of different designs for Cyborg, you know, more rigid edges on his metal components, which would mean his arms are more, you know, spiky or something. Um, When I first saw this arm, it looks a lot like Kryptonian-esque design, but at the same time more human because it has like clear geometric shapes and not like the fluid, organic uh, structures that we would see like the Kryptonian gun. Mm-hmm. You know, that thing's very rounded and and you know looks like a fish or something, yeah, um, but it like has those 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 like cell, and I'm calling them cell because the definition of that you know looks in, like in cells. nature yeah, yes, exactly, like that's what I'm saying like that's I think that's just like how you maybe should start structuring things when you get to the idea of mechanics and and organics combined. You know, there's obviously some correlation between that. And it would seem like, OK, if mechanics are, you know, self-learning and starting to to be organic, it would be clear geometric shapes, but built on top of each other like organic material. It seems that Did way. Did that make sense?
0: Yeah, because the way I, I see it, yeah, it looks like his, his canon is the inner part of his body exposed like the, yes. the inner part of it his looks bio- like yeah, a skeletal structure yeah
1: something so his yeah.
0: arm is like almost r- revealing his inner core and and having those cell like pockets pretty much like holes within his arm his cannon um allows us a cross section of into the inner workings of his biomechatronic anatomy so that when it peels back and shows that cannon you see how it's working you see how it's operating and it's not just like oh look at cool machine man about to do cool machine gun cannon thing it's not Mm. purely sci-fi but
1: more like body horror in a very robotic way yeah i mean even Even the Sonic cannon, like, if I'm imagining that right now, not seeing, like, how he uses it later on in the movie, if I were to think, like, how is that thing going to work? I would think the light would get more intense starting from, like, his upper arm, and then, like, you know, boom, 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 like, going up or down his arm, you know, light getting more intense as it goes, and then burst of fire. And then that immediately goes to Godzilla. It's like, (laughs) oh, so that's, like, a way of doing, like, these pulses that are, like organic in in nature but are supernatural to to everything else you know
0: yeah like the comparison between cyborg and and Godzilla it would be the same in in the sense that it's like their energy is coming from their inner reactor core mm-hmm. and they're exposing that for the for the outburst of energy that they're trying to put out it's not yeah. An energy blast. Now, it is virtually because we're seeing a a comic book movie, but in the science of the science fiction, it is them exposing their dangerous raw material and just being like, okay, well, just, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. And that's the attack. And so that's what his body is. Godzilla
1: opening up the reactor, him just being like, okay, here's a fuel rod, dude. Yeah. Like,
0: (laughs) absolutely. And his arm looks all kind of. Kit-bashed, like the different pieces of metal. I don't know what that means.
1: Just like putting pieces. Just mashed to, together? Yeah. That's where I've never heard that term before. Kit-bashed? What, would that come from like <laughs> BattleBots or something? Sure. Uh, robot Arena Wars. <laughs> is that the same? I don't know. That's you, the same thing, right? BattleBots and BattleBots and... Yeah. Or is BattleBots a cartoon? No, BattleBots was... The act like the the thing on Spike TV. The guy, the, yeah, the engineers, you know, get together the, and they the little Roomba with the buzzsaw on it. Did they? What was put the Roombas guy in,
0: in, in BattleBots? Now
1: you know. I think they just reversed engineered BattleBots to make the Roomba. Oh,
0: they were like, yeah, but what if instead of destruction, it cleaned up your apartment?
1: You know, hey, you know who we got to thank for that? Uh, oh, what's it? Grant Imahara, Grant Imahara, MythBusters. <laughs> he was the BattleBots like winner at, at one point. I think he was in a BattleBots company. He was a very good engineer.
0: Remember when d- drones became a big deal, and then there was drone racing, and then they would like. There still is, dude. Still That's build like
1: warehouses,
0: so people could do
1: little drone races. Dude, drone racer pilots are like pilots. new types. They do like there's new the types. thing where it's like they they do first person drone racing, and there's only a league for first person drone racing and stuff. It's they're new types, man. They They got those reactions.
0: That's very interesting. Um, (laughs) My only other reference here, you said there was a reference. Obviously, we've made a bunch here. Terminator, Godzilla. I think one of the other references here is this homeless man digging out of the dumpster when the parademon shows up. And he turns to camera, presenting what he has to the camera as he looks up at the parademon. So it looks very intentional. Um, He's holding an oil can. Uh, and I took that as
1: like a Tin Man. Tin Man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent Tin Man. That's what. That's I, like, and so like, for me, I took that as like, kind of like, uh, dispelling all of like the the stereotypes of what that character was, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just like, hey, this is this is the new Tin Man. Like, this is it. Uh, take your old Tin Man and. Take a hike. This is it. We got the new Tin Man, yeah. new and improved. And this whole this is song is the new is Tin that. Man. St- yeah, and if, it's the whole Tin Man story. It's like if only it had a heart. And lot I- bit. ironically,
0: Cyborg is the heart of the movie. So it's like there you go. There's a lot that,
1: um, you could write a whole essay about that. So let me tell you something. Um, I'm pretty sure the hand uh, that is in the laboratory of um, I can't remember his name. Silas Stone's character. Joe in Morton. Day. Uh, Joe, Joe Morton is actor. But, yeah. Um, the, Mr. The the Cyberdyne, that, if you will. Mr. Cyberdyne. <laughs> the arm that he has in the case, I do believe it's a right hand. So cyborg crushing that. Miles Dyson uh, tape recorder. Huh. Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson. Okay. We put a we put a we put a ball in a in a vacuum. Yeah, we put a ball in a vacuum.
0: <laughs> came Cena. out. With, oh, that's how you you just came full circle. Battlebots Dyson Lumba, mechanics. Dyson Terminator vacuum. Killing machines
1: to vacuum machines. Sweeping them under the rug, <laughs> baby.
0: It is a right hand.
1: It's a right hand. That's in the that's in the case, right? Yeah. It's the right hand. The Cyberdyne hands a right hand. Yeah, so. Yeah. There's your there's your poetry again. I don't know what the what the smart way to connect that to. Hey, someone someone go and write a paper about it. I just freaking gave you the goddamn springboard.
0: That would have been kinda cool. I mean it the the hand that Cyborg uses to crush the tape recorder really does look like it looks like that Terminator hand. And I've always loved the way Terminator looks. I've I've loved I love seeing that more often than I see when I see a Terminator movie, like I'm always waiting for the actual Terminator skeleton for to the show machines. Like, yeah, I that's I love it. I love the whole idea of it. It's so simple, so effective, so cool looking. I'm always just like, all right, I'm I'm I know the actor wants to get his money, but I'm here to see this metal skeleton walking around with the giant machine gun from the future. Like that's that's what I want to see. So seeing Cyborg do that. You know, that shot of him with the tape recorder, that's like, that's money for me. I, I love seeing uh, biomechatronic anatomy. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then uh, the end of the minute here, we're going to cut to Iron Heights Penitentiary. We've got Billy Crudup playing uh, Barry Allen's father, uh, which we'll get into tomorrow. I don't know if you want to get into this now, Nate. Um, we're kind of wrapping no, up the Cyborg part here. Yeah,
1: can you go back real quick to just the shot of Cyborg's hand? as he's holding the tape recorder. Yeah, here. Okay. Let's see if we can Let me see. So there's maybe that the comparison here. 100% of not a T1 1000 or a T800. Yeah, uh, T800, wouldn't it? Not a T not a T800 hand, but the T600. I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing. Um but whatever the hand that uh Miles Dyson has I'm trying to see if it's just the same hand. Like, that would be incredible if he's just like, yeah, no, that's, that's you know, t- little hat tip. That's the hand. That's the skeletal structure we're basing this on and then add bulkier parts to form, you know, more dense fingers and whatnot. So go a little bit, couple more frames. Oh, on, the, on this, yeah. Yeah, on the video. All right, let's look at these thumbs here. Oh, where he actually crushes it? trying to see if the thumb matches just other if that thumb no the other thumb the terminator thumb looks like it has like little tears kind of to it yeah eh eh but it's still similar very similar i mean maybe there's the the argument of how how different can you make a skeletal a metal skeletal structure from well you can all other ones you
0: absolutely can i mean um there when we talked about it in what gosh? Which minute was it when he first pressed play on the tape recorder? Mm-hmm. His the the rivet of the thumb on the Terminator hand is very similar to how they do cyborgs, and it doesn't have to be that similar. It can be different. It could be, I mean, it's a alien piece of cyber technology. They can design it however they want, really. Only mm-hmm. with Terminator were they like, hey, this has to be accurate because it's a practical effect so it does feel like more of an homage or or a reference or an easter egg to terminator because it doesn't have to it's cgi they can do whatever they want and we don't sure we're we're doing it minute by minute but that's on our fault if we did look at cyborg's hand and go well this actually doesn't make any sense practically it does make sense practically um and I think that lends itself to being like, no, his hand looks similar to the Terminators. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm buying it. His hand does look sim- very similar to the Terminators. Um, and I am going with this is a definite hat tip to that, and just the whole story of Miles Dyson and how he relates to Cyberdyne.
0: Uh, I remember Chris Farley in Tommy Boy has a fake robot hand. Always wanted that
1: thing, dude. And you know what it was? It was like it the up. little the pistons that you could see the, or not even pistons or whatever they were, the the moving part yeah. that just like is the the pullback rod. Yeah. You know? And you could see it like on uh Luke's hand when he's got the little door flipped open mm-hmm. and he's like testing his nerves or whatever. You see like the little rods moving in it. Yeah. I that is a cool visual effect yeah um they do it in uh, real anatomy you know they do it in the first terminator as well when
0: arnold is fixing his hand because it's been shot and you can see the ligaments pulling as he's flexing his fingers Mm -hmm. and that kind of special effect has always wondered me i always love seeing stuff like that happen so Seeing it with Luke, seeing it with the Terminator, um, seeing it like even with Anakin Skywalker. um, I think it's really cool that, you know, just how that is. I've always wanted one of those things. I even remember looking online trying to buy one of those things. Um, They're really hard to find. I think I saw one person at a cosplay convention once that had it and I was like really jealous that he did. But that would be really cool to to have. I always wanted to do a cosplay based around that that thing that Chris Farley had. So, um, yeah, I think that's enough robot toy discussion for today. Enough exo armor talk, right? Yeah, um, let's go ahead and wrap up here because we got a lot of Barry Allen stuff to talk about tomorrow. So, if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society there you can join us and talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on I'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 89 of Zack Snyder's Justice League